Welcome to The Film of Science, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered. From Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems, we'll be breaking down the storytelling, cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, $20 level where the $5 tier will grant the ability to request films for future episodes. This is The Film of Science, where movies are more than just entertainment, they're an experience. And welcome back to another episode of The Film of Science. Thank you for joining us today on this special occasion. Today I'm joined by my beetle-collecting friend, Lucy. Hello, everyone. I do not collect beetles. You can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for brand new episodes of the Film of Steins. Some previous episodes include Slother House, <laughs> El Conde, Countdown, Only Murders in the Building, our recent Patreon exclusive episode, and the two Garfield movies. Who's covered those in the last 15 years? Only us. That's true. But today we are discussing... The recent DC film by Angel Manuel Soto, Blue Beetle, hence the beetle collecting. Uh. <laughs> I'd like to say we don't cover a lot of superhero films here, but this is our fourth, so I think we're not allowed to say that anymore. This is our fourth? Are you including the Guardians? Those don't count. You don't think those count? Nah. This is... This is our first real superhero this movie. is a proper superhero movie yeah it is it is so before we say anything else did we or did we not like this film do you think i like this film no i don't think you like this film i think there were some parts you might have enjoyed i don't know if i saw you laugh at any point or even get emotional at any point so, uh, no, I think this was a miss for you, but I think you give them credit for what, what they tried to do here. I think you thought this film was as good as most superhero films. Maybe probably not as good as Guardians or Endgame or whatever, but it fits right in the pocket of your average superhero film, I would say, for you. Interesting. This is the late DC film I guess it's the last of the pre-James Gunn era of DC, and it was, I know it was tossed around in the way that they weren't sure if it was going to theaters or if it was going to just HBO Max or whatever at the time, and uh, I guess they had a lot of faith in it, which they should have. It's, I will say off the top that it is the easily one of the stronger DC films. Yes. Just because it's a competently made film, um, you know, might as well just clone Marvel if you can't change anything else up so and i think i feel like this feels very much like a marvel movie which i think is a compliment for superhero films go yeah i don't know if it's a compliment coming from you but from anyone else i think it would be a compliment <laughs> that's fair i mean these movies are just not for me superhero movies are almost the thesis of you know the kind of film i don't like or enjoy almost I don't see why. There just really isn't a story here, or normally. But I will say, the as far as Blue Beetle goes, the family thing is pretty interesting. But before I say too much, I um, what did you think of this film? I guess I'll start off by saying the parts that I liked, 
I really loved them. But the parts I didn't like just weren't enough to push this film over for me. But as I kept thinking about it, I don't know. It's it's starting to lean more towards the like side. But you made a very good point in the beginning. This is by far one of the better DC films. So compare it to DC. Yes, I really enjoyed this film. But compare it to some Marvel films. You know, it's it's not quite there. And for me, it was mainly the dialogue that just killed it. Because there were some pretty cool action scenes. Not as much action as I would want from a superhero film. That's why I'm going to see a superhero film. I, I'm, I'm there for the fights. I'm there for the, the clashes and the flashes and the, you know, banter as they throw cars at each other. I don't know. I'm, I'm there for that. And I guess another superhero movie trope is either someone dying or someone close to dying and you know making you all emotional but here they completely hit that for me so it's you know it's like the dialogue was a miss and it was a super big miss like i'm i'm, I'm almost just disgusted by the dialogue but then the emotional parts i'm like oh man you really went there and i think i cried like three times <laughs> yeah i know dc has struggled with trying to replicate the Marvel, the Marvel isms, and that's Marvel themselves have become kind of a victim of their own writing, and we get a little bit of that here. They rely a little bit too much on you know George Lopez trying to you know with his his quips. Yep. Which I get it. You know you have an actual comedian on board. He's loved by some folks i don't i don't i think he's loved right everybody loves george lopez i don't know someone that hates george lopez yeah but he is just the joke the whole time and which is not a problem per se but it it feels like it's it feels lazy well how did how did you feel about them making him a conspiracy theorist theorist it matches his cadence yeah his wild schizophrenic kind of nature that he just has and everything it it that's a good match i do like that and i wish we could just i mean i guess i mean i'm gonna have a hard time just not saying it i wish we could have just gotten more out of the entire family because it was it's just one thing that i like to bring up when it's a problem for me that this the the family thing here is a huge half measure really yeah because it, it, it gets in the way of what the normal superhero thing where it is just generally a setup for some fight when there's just, just no story, you know? We have this family thing that's kind of kind of fleshed out in a loving, like on the love level, but we don't get any real family texture and family drama. I mean, I don't know where you'd put it because it's, you know, it's not a family drama movie. So it's kind of a funny, you know, tug and pull type situation happening here and and, and uh, you know to other movies too that kind of have somewhat of an identity crisis i wouldn't say this has an identity crisis I, w- I would say that this movie just tried to revitalize what a superhero movie can look like like i've talked about wanting mm-hmm. and but it won't let go of the worst parts of what a superhero movie usually involves and that's you know the the whole bad guy angle basically yeah and it it um it doesn't hurt it in a significant way, but it definitely doesn't elevate it. It just kind of falls exactly where it would have with even without the family thing. It would have just been... Although, I don't know if I... Got to be careful with what I say, because if 
this movie didn't have the family thing and it just ended up being like all the other DC movies, I guess it would have been worse. So maybe that did help save it in this case. But I could see this in a... I guess my mind, my mind's eye just sees this as like the most Marvel movie. Although, I mean, thinking about it, it doesn't... Everything is not a joke or everything is not a setup for a joke, which I do appreciate. Everything does kind of involve a joke, but so it's better written in that way, I think. But I don't think it's well written, and I especially don't think it's well performed from a few people. I guess specifically the uh, the girl, um, Victoria, Jenny, Jenny, the the love interest, the love interest. Yeah. She's trash. She's probably top five worst performances of the year, especially her intro, her introduction with the bad guy. I couldn't believe what I was watching that whole exchange. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Yeah, so. Let's break up what you said a little bit because you said a lot. I personally liked the family dynamic. I think it fit, except our main guy, Jaime. I think he just wasn't... If he wasn't part of that family, I think the family clicked more. Because when he wasn't in the scenes, I could feel their their chemistry. Like the mom, the nana, uh, Rudy... Like I, I felt them, and even when, um, I feel the chemistry more with the family when Jaime is not there. You know, for example, when they're in the ship, but then in the ship you introduce Jenny, which I completely agree with you. She is the worst performance of all year, and the year is not even over. But well, not about all year. I'm claiming it. <laughs> you claiming it? I'm claiming it. She's pretty bad. And so she ruins. Every scene she's in. She ruins that moment. And the bad guy just... And this is this is where the dialogue issue comes from me here, I guess, with the family thing. The bad guy... What's his name? Omac? Oh. The Omac where? Yeah. Yeah. Ignacio. Ignacio, okay. He keeps saying, the way you care about your family is going to be the death of you. I don't know how he said it, you know? Yeah. He that's, kept that, saying that. That's his Achilles heel, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they tried to build up. But he just said it way too much, like five times. It's like, okay, we get it. All right. I guess it's a forced message, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and just something about picking a Hispanic family. You're automatically already bringing the family message. You already have an uncle living with you. You have a Hispanic family. You have the grandma and the uncle living with you. You already brought the family element. Hispanics, Asians, maybe African-Americans, maybe another one, but those cultures are known for their family dynamics. When you put any of them in any film or TV series, you're already giving them the family message. So maybe don't force it quite like it was here. Because some of the... uh, I, th- I thought some of the family scenes were great. Some of them. when Especially when he turned. You know, he's not saying anything. Jaime is not interacting with anybody. He's just on the ceiling, turning into a bug. And everyone's, like, losing their shit. Yeah. Which is... That's probably the best scene. Yeah. That, when he first changes, yeah. Which is how any, you know, crazy-ass family would react. That's how they react when they already see a bug. Not even your brother or your son turning into a a beetle yeah that's funny because that's that's actually a really funny thing to say because that is exactly how some people react 
and being super mega ultra fucking dramatic <laughs> when they see a little critter. <laughs> we all have known people to flip out for seeing a little spider. Yep. That's funny. I didn't think about that. That's actually really a really funny detail. Yeah, the only scenes I enjoyed on any level were the family scenes. And I I think the strongest performances come out of the family. I mean, I think the dad obviously is, you know, he's just a good actor. Mm-hmm. And um, the sister was pretty good, too. I thought she was, I was like, I wish we could have, you know, I wish she could have been the actual sidekick on some level. Yeah, and maybe not make her so dumb. She was dumb? I think some of the things she did or said were dumb. See, it's back to the dialogue thing. Like in the beginning, when she was taking a poop where she wasn't supposed to, or I don't know, they try to put in a poop joke there. Yeah, that was weird. It was just weird. And there's a lot of weird things here. Yeah, the weird little university is a scam or comes with an air of entitlement kind of thing. It's it's that's a little strange too. They feel like that because they they that was in the very beginning and they kind of dropped it when things started rolling. Uh, is there was a little weirdness happening there too. And they never brought it back. But it, it's funny you bring up the university thing because if I heard correctly, they said he had a pre-law degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of irked me a little more than it should have because you don't get a pre-law Oh, I didn't degree. think about that. That's funny. That's a concentration, my friend. Yeah. What's your actual d- degree, Jaime? Like, did you even go to school? What's going on here? That's funny. I didn't catch that. That's actually hilarious. Isn't that funny? It <laughs> irked me so much. And I, you know, I wasn't too focused in the the first parts of the movies like I should have been. But they brought up his law degree or his pre-law degree again mid-film. And I'm like, what? what did I just hear? Okay, do you have a pre-med degree too? It was just silly. I don't know. No one on the team was like, hey, is this a real degree? I guess we're not in a real universe. So... You know, maybe that that's me. You know, you have maybe in that universe. <laughs> uh, you're giving you have... too much credit now. You're just, <laughs> yeah, you're you're giving them too much. It is a made-up area in Texas, though. They were trying to make it like a kind of the Hispanic version of like Superman's place or Batman's place. I don't really know where they're from. Ar- Arkham, Gotham, and... Gotham. That's what it's yeah. Arkham. Well, Arkham's thought... the prison. Oh, okay. In our, <laughs> I thought all DC. Uh, cities were made up. I don't know. Maybe. I thought that was a difference between Marvel oh, and DC. I didn't know that. That's true. Is that true? I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. I have absolutely I've, no idea. I've, Metropolis. That's where Superman's from. Yeah, and that's not real. So I thought that's why they did that. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense. They're trying to kind of stay and consistent with, that, the, with all that stuff. But I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. That's just what I thought. I did see that James Gunn said that Blue Beetle might actually be canon for his, for the James Gunn era of DC because he thinks it can fit in anywhere in the timeline. That it's not mm. timeline specific, which I appreciate that acknowledgement because it completely makes the like timeline of like the chronology of release for the films completely irrelevant on some level. And I think that's different, I guess, from Marvel for one, but I also think it's. Maybe a sign for just stronger independent films, because I don't, because I, because hold, you know, the thing that holds this film back is everything to do with superheroes. Everything that has the, everything that goes into the superhero angle, I think, is what 
holds this film back, including Jaime with him being the Blue Beetle. Like, it just completely... I mean, it's like you said, like, it didn't... Like, he didn't have any real connection to his family in any meaningful way, you know? His dream was immediately gone when he became the Blue Beetle and became this, you know? Instead of trying to outsmart and outwit the world, he all of a sudden was handed a gun, and now he could just have his way, you know? And then he also just... He won the girl kind of thing and just was able to have his way. He didn't do anything, yeah, really. And so that kind of sucks because they you know they were setting up an actual character in a, in a superhero world which we don't get an awful lot of and we didn't hear again you know mm-hmm. i guess we probably do get a lot of setups we just never get a lot of actual development and delivery which is fine i guess and i'm okay with not getting a lot of development or delivery like okay i'll settle for that if you gave me enough of a light show and a fighting show but that's the, one of the problems with this film is if you even want that, the family gets in the way all of a sudden. Yes. And so it's we. I, so it I, suffered from both. Yeah, and I'm afraid to call it an identity crisis because I feel like it. I feel like this movie knew what it was and it delivered the best it could. It tried to meet meet you halfway, and I think it literally probably did if you timed it out, you know. And because we, we made the bad guy so shallow, and we made Jaime so capable. Through the suit, of course, he was completely incapable. The suit had to take over every time and mm-hmm. stuff. And but that's you know they're one and the same all of a sudden, and it's just so I don't know. It's so yeah, lazy it's, and it's half measured because you said they made the bad guy so shallow, but then probably one of the most heart wrenching, the second most heart wrenching scenes for me was his flashback. Oh, where we yeah. see his mom die and, you know, even further back or, yeah, like his mom dies, he gets taken and... Which is completely forced. Which is forced. But at least you gave me half for me to get there on my own. We didn't get anything from him before that, really. He he he, he only... He, he kept grilling Jaime for about his family or whatever. And then he would give <laughs> the evil bitch looks, you know? He looked mean and angry at everyone, so I don't even know if he was giving him looks, you know? <laughs> That's just his face. That's just his face. And so it's just, when I saw that, when I when that started happening, I was just like, what? What it is? Yeah. This, is this isn't, there. there's no setup for this. There's no, are we supposed to feel for this guy? The only very slight two-second setup was when his locket fell out. And then that bitch, I think her name was Victoria, she picked it up and was like, I'll hold on to this. And that was it. Yeah. The just little bit of setup we got. And that was, all right. (laughs) See, these films are so ambitious. You know, they want to take down the corporate warlord, you know, through outsmarting them and kind of forcing their hand. They want to include this struggling family dynamic and on top of that one of these family members is in bad health and he was the working one you know and but they don't want to leave like or at least coming from her sister she doesn't really want to leave the like poor area they're in you know Mm -hmm. and so it's just like there's this weird kind of tug and pull happening in different places and stuff and it's just it is always just that one line that indicates these things though and nothing we're getting a lot of threads that don't see I'm I, I'm afraid to say 
is it an identity crisis? I don't think so because we're living in two camps. You know, we're not all over the place constantly. You know, we're we're moving along in both camps in the same direction kind of consistently and they're, you know, weaving together and stuff. It's not like Teenage Kraken where you just have a soup of nonsense. It's just awkward. It's an awkward film, yeah. It's awkward. Yeah. And Haima's not his actor, Zolo. I don't know. He's Zolo's fine. I don't know. It's just it's kind of a frustrating movie because there's it feels like it's really trying to be more than a superhero movie, but it's letting the superheroisms get in its way and because it just cuz no one knows how to write a superhero movie. That's not there's not a movie in superhero stories, you know? I don't I just don't think there's room for performances. I don't think there's room for family dynamics. I don't think there's room for relationships. I don't think there's room for geopolitics, you know, in in superhero stories. There is in the show. There is if you take it into a TV series. You yeah. have time for that. Maybe. I I guess I've never seen a superhero show. You would think so. I but I I feel like the the ambitiousness of it always puts those little things in quotes, that little family things, you know, things that are you know, your little country things when the universe is in trouble and stuff. It puts all these little things on the back burner. The things that really matter to a human story, they put those things get put on the back burner. And then it ends up just being, you know, the spectacle fight show. And then it's just, I don't know. I guess that's, if you're into that, you're into that. I mean, that's, I guess that's good because there's probably more of that than the other way. <laughs> but, and that's just, you know, it's just maybe one of these situations where everything is just not for everyone, you know? That's true. And, and, B- movies like Blue Beetle and maybe maybe even Little Guardians or something or probably several other hero movies they try to be more than just a superhero movie when it when they just need to be a superhero movie you know like i feel like yeah because one of my other favorite scenes was when he cut that bus in half that was cool that was awesome and that's all we got <laughs> and i know he's you know, he just got this suit. He just got these powers. So he's a little incompetent. Which I like. I like that angle in superheroes. I guess it's a little bit of a trope because we get that with Miles. And I think that we get, we get that in with our Tom Holland Spider-Man, I feel like, in the first movie. I don't know. I think they made him a little too incompetent because he didn't <laughs> it made try him, he was, anything. Yeah, he, he was completely incapable. Yeah, because the suit had to take over. Yeah. Which is... Which I thought it was funny, but then at the end, when he's getting his ass kicked, I was like, why didn't you just get, what? what's the suit's name? Kaji? Kaji? Mm. Yeah, Kajida. So why don't you just get Kaji to take over for you? You did that back then. Now you're against it? I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And then she rebooted yeah i don't like what yeah i don't know what what they probably should have done in this movie here we go is focused on jaime's lack of ability to connect with his family and through the movie we explore his relationship he forms with the suit the suit recalibrates his ability to maybe connect with people or can just connect just in general and that maybe that can kind of help facilitate you know, rekindling his relationships with his his fam. And then that's it, you know, because I don't, we, we wouldn't, you know, we don't have time for anything else. 
Yeah, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like taking this movie in that direction because that's not what they were going for whatsoever. And I don't think that would have made it better. Maybe they just shouldn't have had a talking suit. Or they could have made it more like Venom where it was just a parasitic thing. Yeah. But that's not Blue Beetle either, I guess. It's, I, th- I feel like that's, it's just inherent to the superhero thing. is, And maybe it can be a little bit better fleshed out in, on TV with a series. Maybe. But I feel like no matter where you place a superhero story, it just it gets way too ambitious for what is really possible on screen. I really don't see a working superhero show, uh, movie or anything, really. I think you, you're just hating on superheroes a little too much. You never watched Daredevil? Mm-mm, on Netflix? Yeah. No, I've never seen that. That was actually pretty good. I heard that. I also heard Punisher was good, too. With, I didn't watch... with Shane. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't watch that. And I also watch The Flash. Oh, the CW show? Yes. Wow, and okay. And I like that one quite a bit, too. There has I know there has been a lot of love for those CW shows. They're all coming to an end, actually. Oh, okay. You know, I think they're all kind of funneling into a final arc of the show. The many shows, Arrow, Flash, Superman, or whatever. There's several of them. Yeah, so I think there is a lot of potential there. There's a lot of love there just for superhero shows anyway. But I don't think this movie suffers from a lot really i think it was just not followed through and just awkward i don't know if it was awkwardly written or just awkward performances probably a little bit of both and direction probably yeah so i don't know if that would be something that could fix it like i mean jaime here is not a bad actor so maybe it is a direction thing but you know, when he comes in in the beginning and, you know, quote, unquote, saves Jenny from what? You know, when, I guess, when she offered him the job or when she offered him to come to the office mm-hmm. because she, because Jaime saved her. Wait, what did he save her from? Yeah, what did, I guess Jaime think that was going to, like, what did he think that yeah, was going to happen? Exactly. Like that guy, that old Matt guy was going to fucking murder <laughs> Jenny right there? Exactly. Like that that was just a really awkward thing for me. Like and it uh is it is that a mech muffin? It made him go into the thing and then she handed him the chicken box with the beetle. Can uh action be a mech muffin? Uh yeah, I mean I think anything can be anything anything that acts as a catalyst. Does it, or does it have to be like a tangible thing? No, I don't think it needs to be a tangible thing. Okay, so that's that's pretty important, that scene. You know, it's when they first meet, and then here's the love interest. So it's a really important scene for a lot of critical parts of the film. And it's just fucking awkward. And I know you brought up this point earlier, but it's also very awkward giving him this, you know, fake degree and just keep making the point that when is, you know, he's, he's over here cleaning. I don't know what he was doing at the hotel he was just cleaning yeah it looked like he was a little bit of just the server the guy who did everything okay and they don't they don't really go anywhere with that them losing the house they don't really go anywhere with that i guess the house gets destroyed yeah it becomes just a funny setup yeah set up for a little ha ha 
ah, oh, the house is destroyed. They're not going to want it now. And then, Yep, that's it. It would have been funnier if they had all the, the guys in the area come back and start rebuilding the house. That would have been awesome. That would have been There's hilarious, too. Family thing right there. Yeah, they might as well have done it after the little instances of being mega force with with the um, OMAC guy. Yeah. And he, you know, Jaime was just awkward with his suit and not awkward in a cute way where he's learning. It's just, it was just awkward. His, you know, comebacks to the bad guy, awkward. I don't know. I think it suffered more from that than actual identity. I think, I think that's well said because I, it does clear something up in my mind that yeah, it doesn't match the identity crisis kind of kind of profile. It's it's a little more nuanced than that. It's not as this is not a you know teenage cracking failure. Yeah. This is just got some kinks that need to get it straightened out. Yeah, I know we watched. I think you fell asleep during the introduction of Jenny. I got to watch that twice, and when I paused it, I was just I was thinking, man, that was just was that really the you know, was that really bad? It reminded me of how, you know, when you're like five years old or maybe 10 years old and you, you know, you say, you know, you, you, you pretend to smack someone or you, you just pretend to smack yourself and you're like, this is a good actor. This is a bad actor. This is a really bad actor mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. That's what it felt like she was doing, except she was all just bad. Like she was like, we got the bad take. Where's the good take? Her responses, I guess, felt delayed. Like she was waiting for the other actor lady to say her line so she could say hers it felt just like that you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying can you see that i can see that because definitely something about her was off like i was like i felt like she was at any second gonna look at the camera and be like that do good <laughs> you know kind of thing <laughs> it was I don't, yeah she was unbelievably bad yeah she was uh, rough i wonder is is this her first movie yeah i don't know about that no, she's been in a few movies, it looks like. And TV shows. Oh, I see that, yeah. Yeah, she's got a long way to go. I mean, it could... It can... It could be a directing problem. But I'm going to say this one did not quite... As far as Jenny goes, it did not quite feel like a directing problem. Although, I think there were some directing issues in general. I think yeah. that's where a lot of the awkwardness comes from. So, it's a little bit of column A, column B, probably. Yeah, because I think with uh, Jaime, we definitely see more of the directing issues. But with Jenny, it's the actor or actress issues. So so are you cool with the actual premise? You know, he all of a sudden feels obligated to get involved in this corporate warlord shit and wants to stop, you know, her helping the greater good, whatever she's doing. I'm okay with it. It's as basic as any superhero movie. That's what they all kind of want to do. But then here we have him being really motivated by the death of his father, which was very heart-wrenching <laughs> for me to watch there. Not well, only did you kill his dad, but you you gave him you gave him a reason. It wasn't oh, he was hurt in battle. He had a fucking heart attack. And yeah. we already knew he had heart problems. Yeah, that was definitely the best setup. Yes. His, his dad, everything to do with his dad was the best setup in yes. the whole the whole movie his dad had probably the best arc and overall performance like that was i mean the the dad did great george lopez did great nana did great you know she came in the back there and just gave her a game the mom was just okay you know we didn't get a lot from her 
you know, Milagro, the sister, she was great. But our two main guys here just weren't. But yeah, I was I was okay with it. You know, nothing to applaud, but okay, enough. I really enjoyed some of the props that were in the movie. I think they did a, you know, I think they did a fabulous job with the house and the kitchen. We spent a lot of time in the kitchen and just the the small details of a Hispanic household. And I mean, really, it's not even a Hispanic household. It's just a poorer household. And, you know, you see the, the gallon jug, you see all these trinkets, you see the table filled with shit, you see big old mismatched family photos hanging on the wall. And I think there was a lot of love that definitely went into um, the kitchen. And, you know, we even said earlier that that's probably one of the best scenes where um, where he turns and everyone's screaming and everyone's yelling and overreacting. I also really like the bug ship thing. That was pretty cool. The bug ship was cool, yeah. The bug ship is awesome. Yeah, it's like a big scare. Yeah. And then the gadgets that the dad had, that Jenny's dad had in there, those were pretty cool. Yeah, what do you think about that reveal? Uh, the That her dad was still alive? You caught it before you took the... <gasps> You're like, yeah, her dad's alive. I was like, what? <laughs> no, he's not. And then he was alive. So I'll be quiet next time. It just, <laughs> I didn't even know what to think. I was just thinking this guy. <laughs> I did like the little texture of her dad not being compatible with the beetle. And then he found, he finds someone who is compatible with the beetle and he's trying to study it. And then I can't remember what happens to that guy. I guess he dies because the beetle is no longer with him him he's with Jaime so. yeah because isn't that what he said isn't that what they said that if the beetles removed you die yeah so he must be dead or I guess he said the only way to remove the beetle is by is dying by dying okay which I don't know if that's the same thing um yeah there I get yeah mm-hmm. virtually yeah. same thing yeah. Equivalent. yeah I can't imagine why they chose Jenny's uh, Jenny's actor they didn't have anyone else I guess not like it would have been better if Jaime just found the beetle thrown away in a garbage can or something, you know? <laughs> and then he gets tracked down, and then he has to, you know... Yeah, I guess we kind of need her for her dad, in a way. And the ship, I guess. And, and the, the ship, get, the, yeah, the and gadgets. saving him. Okay, she's kind of important. <sighs> but definitely another actress. Yeah, she's rough. I did really enjoy all the uh, like Mexicanisms that they uh, put in this film. And that was probably my favorite part and definitely something that elevated it for me more than it should have. Yeah, I saw that he wanted, uh, I guess Angel here wanted the, which I I guess I'm kind of two minds on this because it's a mega forced, but he wanted the things that came from the heart within the family to be spoken in Spanish. But just saying that, you know, it's manipulative because it's you're you know you're you're clear cutting forcing you know straight from the heart shit right down you know whoever's watching because it's you know spoken in spanish you're like okay it's like i just i I guess it would have been better if he just never said that so no one can fucking go find him saying that the director here you know what i didn't really catch that because most of the spanish was bad words 
or mocking words. And I guess a lot of, maybe not the bad words, but the mocking words are kind of heartfelt, you know, like a nickname, I guess, kind of sweetly calling someone a motherfucker, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like that, but heartfelt. I mean, it's it's just like giving someone a nickname. I, I don't understand. There were no huge conversations that happened in Spanish. Yeah, I don't I don't see that. I mean the most I mean I mean that's a good point because the most heartfelt conversation came between Jaime and his dad outside when he was drinking. Yep. And that was in English. Yep. Or some some of it was. Most of it was. The important stuff was. Yeah. The setup for his fucking death was, you know. God damn. <laughs> that's where they set it up right there, could you tell? When you have heart to hearts like that, someone's dying. <laughs> Rudy didn't die. Yeah, they tried to do a little switcheroo there, didn't yep, they? Because they, they did. set that up with his dad, and then later they set another one up with Rudy, and then his dad dies right after. You get a little switcheroo right there, which is that's fun. That's fun. Yeah, but back to the me- Mexicanisms. It's funny you bring up the uh, Spanish thing because there were a lot of bad words in Spanish. And some of them were so bad, I don't know if you noticed, that they didn't translate them, like in the subtitles. They didn't even try. I mean, some of these words, I would never dare repeat, say them out loud. I'm surprised they got away with them. What was it rated? Is it rated R? I don't think so. It seems like, I mean, to be honest, it seems like cuss words in any flavor are fine for PG-13. It seems like you only get your R ratings when you have like super drug abuse, nudity, gore, really gory shit, things like that. But Rape. Why, didn't, why didn't you translate them? Yeah, that's if you don't care. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, it's still this is very much a a film for a ten year old, which is funny that you say that because it's a film for a ten year old. Although ten year olds are cussing the storm up, I tell you what. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe it's trying to talk to the real 10-year-old at the same time. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I didn't cuss when I was 10. Maybe you did. I don't believe that. You don't believe that? No, not one minute. And then, I've told you a million times, I'm not, I don't fucking dare cuss in Spanish. (laughs) Heck no. That, that, that sounds way more harsh. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know any Spanish cuss words. And I really like the um, the Mexican music they put in this film because it's not your, you know, your... Uh, who's big right now? Who's a big... Bad Bunny? Yeah. You know, it wasn't your Bad Bunny, your Shakira, like your attempt Or, or your at... basic-ass Selena. Yeah. 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 Super and stereotypical. She's, she's Mexican-American. It was your, like, you only... You've only heard that Mexican music if you grew up with Mexican family or friends, like straight from Mexico. And I like that they, the his family were um, immigrants. I thought that was a nice touch to add to the whole family thing because there's nothing closer than immigrant families. So it's just those nice little touches that if you're smart, you're going to pick up on them. Yeah. You didn't need to spoon feed those to us. It's shit like that that adds the meat, but then they ruin it. And even the uh, cartoon that's in there that I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. He's a superhero. 
And he is a bug. He's a grasshopper, I think. So that was kind of cute that they... Uh, are there a lot of Hispanic superhero bugs? I have no idea. Kind of like there's a lot of... Kind of like how every uh, like electric villain or bad guy is a black guy in, in Marvel. They're black guys? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I guess the only electric guy I'm thinking of is the one in Iron Man 2. And he's Hispanic. Is an electric guy in Iron Man 2? The villain. Oh, shit. Right? He's got... I guess he's got cables that, like... Oh, he's Russian. Shit. What did I say? Hispanic? He's Mex- no, he's not Hispanic. He's the one that... Oh, he's Mickey Rourke, I guess. So he's American. Oh, that's funny. I think. I don't know. Whatever he is. He's an odd-looking fellow, I tell you is. that. I think we brought up someone else before that we said looked like him. That was Hispanic? Oh, the guy from... Meg too. He looked yes. he was a Hispanic guy. It was a cross yes. between Mickey Rourke and another Hispanic guy. Danny That's right, Danny that's Trejo. right. Danny yeah. Trejo, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so whatever that guy is, he's he's electric. And then I'm just thinking Pikachu now, so yeah, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> but no, I don't know about that. I just know this that guy is a bug. And, and that seemed like a deep cut. Yes, into... super deep. I've never seen that in anything. Yeah, that's resembling cool. Any that's kind cool. Of... There's a lot of authenticity here. Well, overall, pretty big miss. I thought after watching the trailer that this might be a decent film, but it ended up being just a just another. I guess it's not saying a lot, but it should have just gone to HBO Max and not to theater damn <laughs> that's saying a lot is that saying a lot <laughs> yes i when a film like prey the more you know the recent predator film that came out a year or two ago mm-hmm. goes straight to hulu and is pretty good oh that was awesome and and it you know it goes to hulu and that's it all right we're you know it just it's fucking left there to die or have success so i don't know how they track that what what that means to them but then you have this that's in question to go to one or the other and then is released to theaters exclusively, and it is what it is. It just it's just not that they're related. I guess one's Disney, one is Time War, uh, one is Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a very interesting point. And when I saw the trailer, it didn't look whoa. I want to go see that. But then I heard George Lopez. I was like, was that George Lopez? And then I kind of wanted to go see that. It didn't look super captivating. No, definitely not. I, I thought it was really interesting from one angle to me because it felt like a clash between like Iron Man and Venom. Yes. And just and just how the trailer was kind of laid out and how it looked like he got his how their relationship with his suit looked and how he moved around and fought and stuff and I guess ultimately the story too with the with the uh, whole weapon commerce. Oh yeah. Which is fun, but maybe a little bit of a trope, I guess, too. I don't, because that's, I think that's also in one of the Spider-Mans. But yeah, man, do you have any final thoughts for me on this film about a blue beetle? No final thoughts. They're empty. Do you have any thoughts about the poster? Because I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll let you go first then. This is the worst (laughs) fucking poster I've ever seen. It's, you know, it's exactly the kind of poster that sucks dick. I do like the color scheme here with the pink and the purples and the blues. Very nice. But that's it. Yeah, very neon. Almost 80s. But uh, that's it. Do you like the suit? 
You like his suit? No. You don't like his suit? No. I like his sword a lot. <sighs> yeah, that just reminded me how... What's what's the thing's name? Kanjida? Kan- Kaji. Kajida? Kajida, yeah. How it... I think it told him at one point that if he can think it, he can make it. Mm-hmm. Like, he can, you know, materialize it. Yeah. That was... I fucking hate that. I hate that. I hate that they said that. I hate <laughs> that he, like, did it. I, I just... I hated that. And that's when he whipped out the big sword. Too, yeah. Which was... It's a cool effect, you know, and it had like a force field sonic shock type thing going on and that was fun, but Or uh what's his name? Kisame from Naruto? Kisame? Kisame? Kisame is the town the town in Florida. <laughs> by Orlando. Yeah, by yeah. Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> that shark looking thing from Naruto. His sword's a little like that. I guess that's what it reminded me of it. Oh, okay. You could say that. <laughs> 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 All right, maybe I need to go rewatch Naruto. Yeah, but you know, this is what I've been telling you about with posters, with the strange placement of faces and characters, and it is so laughable. Whoever's getting paid to make this shit, I don't know, should Cause, be what? Because Jaime's on there like three times. Why? That's a fucking problem. That is not okay. Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. That's just, that's one of the things that happens in stuff like this. These weird, I guess you call them collage of people. Uh, no, like this is, it's stupid. It's so fucking stupid. I think he's on it four times, actually. Yep. I think you're right. What? Why? Why are you putting him on there four times? Why is Non Sanchez on there? Why is Slaughterhouse's poster better than this one? This is among the most expensive films to come. This is, I should say, this is the type of film that is, you know, among the most expensive films that come out in a year, right? A superhero film like this is, you know, it's not a slaughterhouse. It's not a Evil Dead Rise, you know? You'd think they'd hire people who can fucking make posters, but I guess there must be a institution. I don't even want to call it a university. Poster institution. <laughs> Where all these motherfuckers end up going to school or something at a and class, they, a class, an online class, nineteen ninety nine a month, and they just end up, they teach this method, this composition, and then they hire people who master the composition, and then it's just like a cycle, and then they like are gaslighting everybody into thinking that this is this is how you make posters, this is the way you make posters, and it doesn't, it's not just posters. I'll tell you another big culprit of this is video game boxes especially here in the u.s i don't know i would assume that other countries have different posters for movies but i, I don't really know yeah i don't know either. but they often do for video games and i swear to god every japanese box is better than its american counterpart Ooh, why every am fucking I not surprised? it's stupid why why do we always got to have guys standing next to each other into a triangle or a rhombus or a fucking diamond does that make you want to go see this movie? The colors are pretty. So it makes me stop and then makes me think 80s and just kind of chaotic. So no. But at least I stopped with the colors. If they wouldn't have had, honestly, if they wouldn't have had some of that neon pink, definitely wouldn't even stop. Like there's not even, oh my God. There's like not even a line of focus happening here. Like where's your eye go to? Where's the gravitate first? And where does it go? Giant Jaime in the back. And then where? 
just there. <laughs> My eyes don't want to go anywhere else. It's a fucking mess. Like, yeah. It's just I don't want to. I don't want to look at it. It's a joke of a poster. It's the poster on the Wikipedia. If anyone's interested. All right, man. What is your budget guess for this? Seventy. Oh, seventy. Okay. That's uh. It wasn't Marvel, and it wasn't three hours long like ba- like Batman. Mm-hmm. Like the Batman. So I went. I didn't think it would be in the hundreds. Yeah. One hundreds. It's a two-hour movie, and I feel like we didn't get any story out of it. Holy shit! That that's, was two hours. Yeah, that's kind of funny. I feel like we probably could have gone another hour <laughs> to huh. get something out of this shit. But it says here that it was a hundred and four million. So you were off by quite a bit. 104. Wow. Pretty expensive. Spent on the costume? I don't know, man. The costumes, I guess. There were quite a few sets, quite a few locations. Mm-hmm. That's quite, true. Quite a few people. That's true. That's true. Maybe they destroyed an actual house. They built and destroyed an actual mm-hmm. house. I'm not. I'm... No, it, it it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. It seems fitting. But it, it um was a huge flop. At at theaters, it made 128 million. So damn. Yeah, we probably that's probably it for Blue Beetle, especially damn. after the the change and at Warner Brothers. I think it's the worst performing superhero film of all time, or of the last 20 years, I should say, since the DC Cinematic Universe, whatever, and MCU. Yeah. Ouch. And it's like not that bad. Compared to some of the others, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for that. Do you have a game for me today? I do have a game for you today. What? What's your game? What kind of game? Today's game is, is Blue Beetle better than this other superhero film I'm about to name? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You ready? Yeah. Blue Beetle or The Suicide Squad? The uh, 2021 one. The recent one. Yeah, the recent one. Uh, Suicide Squad. Andrew Garfield, The Amazing Spider-Man. The first one? The first one. I don't know. That's a good one. Probably oh. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Mm. So I think that they just had a little bit more fun. I don't know. There was some fun and love in this movie for sure. Just didn't know how to make. They just didn't know how to make a proper movie. You know, there's a lot of love in this. I feel like Andrew Garfield's movie. It's been a, I haven't seen those since what 2011. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm gonna go with Andrew Garfield. All right, all right. The new Shazam. Oh, Blue Beetle. <laughs> Blue Beetle. The new one. Yes. The second one. Yes. Oh my God, Blue Beetle. The new Shazam <laughs> is probably the worst superhero movie I've seen. Oh my God. Worse than Black Adam, and I didn't know that was gonna be possible. Oh, is that the uh, the Rock one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude, the beginning of Black Adam is so fucking bad. Oh my god, dude! But Shazam's worse. <laughs> Shazam, <laughs> that need, that film needs to be studied. You know, how I've talked about this class of film. You know, where yes. we study the worst of films. <laughs> yes. Shazam, the second Shazam needs to be part of that. Oh my gosh! All right, Black Widow. I'm gonna say Blue Beetle is better than Black Widow. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Although, no, although. No, although. All right. Unbreakable. Oh, Unbreakable. All right. Much better. Unbreakable is probably the best one I've named so far. Yeah, it's probably in the top five best, like, in quotes, kind of superhero movies, hero movies. Yeah. The first Deadpool. Uh, <gasps> You're Deadpool. thinking about it? 
Deadpool. Okay, okay. All right, you say. Uh, not by much. Oh. But Deadpool. I love the first Deadpool movie. I mean, again, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I'm gonna, I'm shooting Me from the too. hip. But I'm gonna say the Deadpool movie because it just those films, no fucking doubt, know what they are. Are you on board? Is the question. You know. That's true. That's true. It's. I'm not completely on board, obviously, because they're hardcore comedies, right? They're like Hangover esque comedies, so they're a little, you know, they're very hyper specific, but they're fun. They are fun, and, yeah. And of course, what's his name? Ryan Reynolds is, he was born to play that role. He's, yep. he obviously probably is never going to be able to unplay that role. <laughs> He's just, a, he is just Deadpool now, you know? Hey, Kind of like how uh, Johnny Depp is just forever Captain Jack Sparrow. Yep. Not because that's what you see when you look at him. That's just his cadence. His, his That's just how he carries himself. It's just how, it's just how it is. So yeah, Deadpool. That's right. it. We should rewatch those. Yes, we should. Batman versus Superman. See, that's a that's a good one. That's a good duel. I don't think that's a good duel. I I think I there's mean, I think, a very clear answer here. I think here. Blue Beetle is probably better. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I've never seen anything so bad in my life. The award-winning director Ben Affleck <laughs> as Batman is pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes he is <laughs> alright alright Captain Marvel uh, Blue Beetle okay alright two more Venom the first Venom yes mm, man they're right on the same page I think I agree with you on that one I'm gonna say Venom yeah but not Venom 2 Venom 2 <laughs> is kind of almost as bad as Shazam 2 oh, it's pretty bad too all right, last one, last one. Big Hero Six. Oh, Big Hero Six. All right. Yeah. Good. I just had to end on a on a yeah. positive here. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of mm, there. See, and I think that's a, I think that is generally a good sign for Blue Beetle to kind of fit in the you know the kind of fit with the rest. It's definitely not a Shazam, but it's definitely not a Guardians Volume Three. You know, it's probably as good as. The second Iron Man, you know, it's probably as good as the first Captain Marvel. I mean, Captain America, maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't seen those in so fucking long. I it's don't. definitely better than Iron Man 3. Yeah, I remember Iron Man 3 being pretty rough. It's rough. I saw that at a drive-in. I think it's the last movie I ever saw at a drive-in. Not I, that I've seen very many. <laughs> I saw at the movie theater opening night, and I guess back then I had an iPod Touch, and it fell out of my pocket. And the whole screen cracked. I mean, into a tiny million pieces. Some of the glass, like, just came off. I probably cut my finger on that thing multiple times. Dang. I have a very vivid memory of... Before the movie or after? After. So I guess I wasn't bummed during the movie. Because that would have... Somehow that would have been worse if you broke it at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yes. And then you got to fucking sit there and think about what just happened for two hours. <laughs> that would suck ass. That was that was an excellent game. Yeah, I like that one. That was a good one. Well, man, thank you for watching this film with me. You're welcome. This was a a a dry watch. I have a hard time watching these films that just don't get anything out of me. So excuse me for my monotoneness. Well, you were you were dry, but I was crying. 
Yeah, I got to give you a bone or two every now and then. Yeah, you know, with something. With su- I know you like superhero movies. I know you like. I, I know you like just big, flashy spectacle movies. So I we do. gotta mm-hmm. got throw you one here and there. Thank you. You're welcome. And I, I'm curious. I'm always a little curious about like where these are at. You know what they're doing and stuff. Especially with a new Latino superhero. Yeah, he's the first. He's the first. And so. it sucks that he's like the worst performed <laughs> one superhero. Not Latino. <laughs> worst Latino. <laughs> no, we've got some great performing Latinos. The guy who did Bardo. It's a great movie. Yeah. I can't say his name. He's got a mega Hispanic name. Oh, he does? Yeah. I don't know his, I don't know his name. I mean, George Lopez is probably one of the top George... <laughs> Latinos out there. George Lopez is arguably probably the most famous Latino ever. Yes. Especially for like younger people. That show, dude, was insane. That carried the entire night, you know? Yes. On Nick and Night. You could at least count on George Lopez being there. I can't can you believe that show got canceled? It got canceled. It did not really? finish. It, it got finish? canceled. <gasps> that sucks. After right when they were about to wrap up like George's like father issues with mm-hmm. Benny, his mom. Yeah. And like her remarrying and like falling in love with that Randy, I think his name was. I don't know why I remember this. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you remember this. <laughs> and it got canceled. I didn't know it got canceled. I it... thought I just didn't finish it. <gasps> Dang. Did the other stupid shows, maybe you liked them. I don't know. But the shows that came on either before or after George Lopez, like uh, Roxanne and Home Improvement. And those Bobo shows. <laughs> those are classics. Did those finish? You're telling me those got to finish? Oh, yeah. Especially <sighs> Roxanne. That got a sequel that, was that came the out worst with shit. their kids. I would turn the TV off and pull out a book. And the nanny eventually got the guy. I did like the nanny. The nanny was great. Yeah. Home Improvement, I didn't like when I was really little. But as I got older, like in high school and stuff, it grew on me a lot. Kind of no. like King of the Hill. That was a similar show mm. where I'd watch it, you know, and it basically bore the shit out of me but it was you know one of the few adult cartoons so i would watch it and uh as i got older i liked it more and more and then i liked things like family guy and futurama less and less (laughs) (laughs) no i was so quick to turn the tv off when those came on if if i hadn't learned how to roll my eyes dang that taught me how to roll my eyes those shows right there the shows i didn't like on nick and Ike were Full House. I love Full House. Family Matters. I didn't like Family. Oh wait, is that the one with uh Steve Urkel? Yeah. Oh, I like Family Matters. I didn't really. Lo- I didn't. It it kind of grew on me, but I didn't really like Everybody Hates Chris. That one was okay. That was okay. Yeah. But the nanny was my shit because George Lopez eventually got taken off Nick at Night. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I stopped watching TV. In and high then school, for sure. the nanny became one of the main shows I watched because they just, I don't know, I guess they got all the rights. They got the rights to all the episodes and they just, and there's a lot of nanny episodes. So I watched, I watched a fuck on the nanny and, uh, yeah. And yeah, I can't remember the, any of the others. But yeah. Roxanne never liked Roxanne, but that did get a sequel show. Like, you know how they did these shows where you would get, where they basically rebooted it with a, like Fuller House or whatever yeah, with the kids or whatever. Roxanne went through the same thing. Oh, you know who's in it? The girl, the the younger sister in Shameless. Debbie? Debbie's in it. 
Oh, interesting. Yep. I don't know if it's any good, but... Hmm. Yeah, man, thank you for watching this film with me. I had, uh, you know, I like watching movies with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you were there. (laughs) I'm glad you were there. I'm glad I didn't have to do this alone. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about it. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Filmasteins. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on all of your platforms. And go check us out on YouTube. <gasps> we're putting videos out on YouTube. Slowly but surely, we're going to add each of them. You know, it's we got to make these thumbnails, you know. It's, it takes some work to make the thumbnail. and Still getting used to that and everything. So go check us out on YouTube. Support us. Leave a comment. Leave a nice review. Subscribe. Go to our Patreon, drop a dollar to get all of our exclusive content. We got lots of videos over there. Go count Ah. them. (laughs) But until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives in the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching, keep loving the magic of movies. This is The Film of Steins, signing off. Thank you.